start, I recognized her from her advertisements on bus stops all over town. She owned one of the big real estate firms, and I had probably even met her at one fundraiser or another, but I couldn't remember her name. I was beginning to worry about you. Uninvited, she stepped across the threshold and into my inner sanctum with the same determination that must have gotten her to the top of the Nashville real estate market. I had the grace to blush at the state of the living room. Twinkie wrappers and empty Coke cans littered the scarred coffee table. The sagging couch that once had done duty in our bonus room, I'd considered it fit only for small children and teenagers, was now the centerpiece of my living room suite. Sadly, it classed up the joint, a strong indication of the general condition of the house. I knew you'd open the door eventually, the woman trilled as she brushed past me and headed toward the kitchen as unerringly as if she'd traipsed through the house a million times before. My pound cake never fails. I stood rooted to the spot, mouth gaping for several long moments, before I realized I was supposed to follow her size two frame. By the time I caught up with her in the kitchen, she had placed the cake on my cutting board, unwrapped the cloth, like a priest preparing the host for the congregation, and was using a lethal-looking knife to slice off a wedge of the promised ambrosia. Got milk? she chirped. My mouth watered so heavily I had to swallow twice before I could form a reply. Um, no, I'm out. That's okay. We can have coffee instead. I paused and cleared my throat. Well, I don't actually have any coffee either. Her eyebrow arched. You've gone through it all, then? My stomach twisted. I feigned ignorance and hauteur. What do you mean I've gone through it all? Her laugh was like silverware clanking in a drawer. Honey, I know how it goes when you're newly on your own. Eating your way through the refrigerator is practically a rite of passage. I haven't... A flush crept up my neck. It's nothing to be ashamed of, honey. She placed a hunk of cake on a paper napkin from the stack on the counter and thrust it toward me. And you look like you need this. My hand froze, fingertips an eyelash away from the cake. For a moment, I saw myself through my nosy neighbor's eyes. Greasy hair that hadn't seen shampoo in a week, dressed in my son's cast-off sweatpants and a paint-stained Vanderbilt sweatshirt, had I even brushed my teeth that morning? With a laugh that was two parts humor and ten parts shame, I ran a hand over my hair to smooth down the inevitable bedhead. I don't really... That is, I'm sure... The other woman smiled, this time with no condescension at all. It's okay, honey. We've all been there. That got my back up, because, pardon me, not everyone had been where I was now. Not everyone was eating off Chinette while a double D-cup tramp ate off her Haviland china and drank from her Waterford crystal. I don't know what you mean. Indignation kept me from reaching for the cake. It's no secret, sugar. News travels fast on the Woodlawn Avenue grapevine. We're practically psychic. Years of good Southern upbringing kept me from making a sharp retort. I didn't need the final humiliation of a public airing of my dirty laundry in my new neighborhood. 
Wasn't it enough that I could never hold my head up again in Belle Mead? I'd lost everything. My husband, my beautiful home, my place in society. And now I was nothing more than fodder for gossip over the backyard fences of Woodlawn Avenue? My neighbor remained undaunted by my silence. I'm Jane, by the way. Jane Mansfield. She laughed, showing off her blinding teeth again. I know, I know. But you can't pick the last name of the man you fall in love with, or out of love with, for that matter. Jane Mansfield. Now I remembered. Her publicity photo on the bus stop ads showed her dressed in fifties attire with a matching bouffant hairdo. She was ten years or so older than me, but at the moment she looked a decade younger. She probably felt that way, too, because right then I must have looked at least a hundred and five. "'It's my birthday,' I said, the words falling from my lips of their own volition. The woman nodded. "'Good thing I showed up. Every woman deserves a cake on her birthday.' I nodded, my throat too tight for speech. When was the last time I'd had a birthday cake I hadn't made with my own two hands? Jim had been good with presents, but bad with remembering to order something from Becker's Bakery, and none of my children had inherited my homemaking gene. As I'd learned over the years, there was something inherently sad about providing one's own cake. I'm Ellie, I finally rallied enough to blurt out. Ellie Johnston, I mean, Hall. Ellie Hall. Another change that was going to take some adjustment. One of Jane's perfectly waxed eyebrows arched. It's final, then? Your divorce? A lump formed in my throat. I signed the papers yesterday. Hell of a birthday present. I didn't know whether to laugh or cry at the irony of it all. Yes. Yes, it was a hell of a present. Jane stood up straight, all ninety-eight or so pounds of her. So today's the day you start over. New house, new life, new you. That point of view had never occurred to me. I'd been so focused on what was coming to an end, I hadn't given much thought to what might be beginning. The very idea made me queasy, so I took a bite of pound cake. A profusion of flavor exploded on my tongue. Oh, my God, I moaned through the ecstasy melting in my mouth. I can't believe this cake. Jane smiled. Well, there's more where that came from. She reached down and sliced off another piece. So, Ellie Hall, do you have plans for your birthday? I sighed and leaned against the counter. No, not really. Since it's Saturday, Oprah and Dr. Phil won't be expecting me. Good. Jane took another paper napkin from the pile and brushed the crumbs from the counter into her hand. As casually as if it were her house instead of mine, she opened the cabinet door under the sink and tossed them into the waiting trash can. We've been waiting for a fourth. A fourth? A fourth of what? A fourth for our bridge club. Oh, I'm sorry, but I don't play bridge. Jane smiled. That's okay, honey. I didn't play either when I moved into my house, but I learned. The woman might bake heavenly pound cake, but she was clearly a bit loopy.
I'm sorry, but what does your house have to do with a bridge club? Follow me. Jane stepped around me and led me back through my dining room to the archway that separated it from the living room. The heart-shaped arch had mocked me from the moment my realtor had first shown me the house. But it had been one of the few in this rapidly gentrifying neighborhood south of Vanderbilt University that I could afford. It was as close to Belle Mead as my budget would allow. In time, I could channel my inner Martha Stewart to drywall the offending arch into another shape. A dagger, perhaps, for sticking through Jim's faithless heart. Jane ran her hand over the curve in the plaster, caressing it. Didn't you wonder about this when you bought the house? I shrugged, not wanting to reveal the depths of my pain or my sensitivity about the arch. It's important for some reason? All four houses have them, one for each suit. All four houses? Built by the original members of the club. Someone built houses based on a club? Not just any club, their bridge club, the Queens of Woodlawn Avenue. That drew a rare chuckle from me. Queens of Woodlawn Avenue? You've got to be kidding. Jane shook her head. Nope. I'm the Queen of Diamonds. Grace on the other side of you is the Queen of Spades. And Linda, in the Cape Cod on the other side of me, she's the Queen of Clubs. We each have the dining room arch for our suit. Okay, her pound cake was sinfully good, but this woman was starting to frighten me a little. Look, I appreciate the invitation, but really, I don't think I'd make very good company right now. Not to mention my complete ineptitude with card games of any variety.